Amen. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys awake? You feeling alive? Well, I got to be honest and tell you that I am thrilled about this all new series that we are launching here in October called Powerful Prayers. And we are just so thrilled about the journey that we are going to begin today as we see God do something incredible uh, in our church over the next few weeks. But listen, is it just me? Or do you feel like life is just getting faster and faster, right? Like, it just seems like the only pace we know is a pace of hurry and busy. Is anybody with me? You guys feeling that? Where we have text messages, emails, inboxes, we've got, we've got kids, we've got pets, we are, we're trying to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend, we have exams, we are just trying to raise our kids and stay married and not get fired, right? It just seems like we're going at such a fast pace. And culture doesn't really, popular culture doesn't give us a whole lot of solutions other than make sure you stay caffeinated, all right? And, and, and it's good to take a vacation. Make sure you have a vacation so that you can catch up. But it seems like Popular culture just always says, add one more thing. And often that one thing is exercise and eating healthy. And I love this. We got to laugh at ourselves, don't we? Where we realize that the missing piece of the puzzle is we just need to start getting some more exercise. And so we go on Kijiji or we go to our local sports dealer and we find that piece of exercise equipment, right? Like right now, the spin bikes are pretty popular, all right? And so you get the spin bike or for guys, you get, you know, that home workout gym and we set it up in the basement and we take pictures and we post it on Instagram about the exciting new journey we are on of life transformation, right? Are you guys with me? And then to top it off on that, we need to start eating healthy. So we go to Costco and we get the most expensive blender, all right? The Vitamix, I gotta tell you, is the blender of choice, all right? And we're just gonna start doing smoothies every day, all right? And we get excited because we're gonna fit in the bathing suit, we're gonna look good, we're gonna get all the to-do lists, and we're gonna have so much energy. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about today, right? That's what, and so it begins the question of what really is the purpose in all this speed? Where are we going in today's culture? So we're going to do a little bit of history today. All right, I'm going to nerd you guys out with a bit of history, and I want us to see how our culture has began to get so fast-paced and so hurried. All right, so here's where we're going to begin. We're going to go way back to 1379. 1370. All right, here is kind of a big moment in our world. This was the invention of the clock. You think, well, that's not a big deal, but here's what we gotta understand, is that before the clock, we used to wake up when the sun came up, and we used to go to bed when the sun went down. Now, this begs the question, that's why there were so many large families back then, because there was nothing going on at night, right? No, and all the guys are like, amen. All right, so we used to have this rhythm of not a lot of production, Okay, we just went through this normal rhythm and the clock introduced something that we all know of as the eight to five work grind. 
where we became a little less human and a little bit more machine and productivity began to increase. Then we move a little bit further down. We move to 1879. Many of you guys that, you know, you took history, you know, you were a straight A student, you know Thomas Edison, right? Thomas Edison invented what we know is a light bulb. All right, genius idea, brilliant. But this is another piece to where we were now able to stay up longer and sleep less. We were able to get more done with less sleep. Now catch this. Do you know the average amount of sleep that, we, that people used to get in 1879? The average amount of sleep was 11 to 12 hours every day. Now, some of you teenagers that maybe watch it online or you're here today, you're thinking, I get that every day. What are you talking about? Right? But adult life will hit you. Uh, and so we've fast forwarded to now the average amount of sleep that we all get is six to seven hours. So we can see that we have increased our work and we are now sleeping less. No wonder why we are so exhausted. And then we continue on our little journey here into 1960, which was when the iconic convenience store 7-Elevens, all right, came into existence in North America. Why is this a big deal? Because for the first time in history, you could begin to shop and you could purchase things on Sunday. This was a shift because prior to that, the only thing that happened on Sundays was church. It was the one day of rest where our soul could just take a break. And in 1960, that began to change until now Sundays became filled with shopping to get more stuff that we don't need, right? Eating out, more to-do lists, and we just kept filling that space and that time to do more stuff. Let's fast forward to 2007, a year that all of you guys here have experienced complete transformation in our culture, in our world. And as we talk about speeding things up. 2007 is so significant. That is the year that Steve Jobs presented the iPhone to the world. And for the first time in history, we had access to the world in the palm of our hand or in our pocket. We could access information. Shortly after that, an application that Facebook invented, you could now with any email account have Facebook and social media on your device. Apps like Twitter became available, and we know this as the digital age. And this is when we began to get, as we call it, information overload. This is a significant marker into our culture and where things are going. And I want one more date that I want us to put up that is very current, and that is 2020 the global pandemic that we are all in. And I believe that history will be, uh, it will show that in 2020, there was a significant change in our culture 
where we became to be a little bit more isolated and to be a little bit more alone. And why is that dangerous? Because I don't know about you, but I tend to get in more trouble when I'm all by myself. Come on, somebody. Culture is now leaning in a direction where we feel isolated and alone more than ever before. And it's been quoted to say that we have been on course where we no longer need God anymore. I've, I've heard that said because of, of our culture has so many things. We've got healthcare and social assistance and all these things that we no longer need God. But I feel like we are on track now where we don't even think about God. Where we have, I will call it, less of a God awareness. And for those of us that, that call church our community, for the first time in history, we weren't able to attend church. And so my concern is, is that God is getting lower on the bottom of the priority list. Now, go with me, if you will, you know, no matter your age, but we can all go back to our childhood, can we not? And can you remember some of those moments when you were, you know, out of the watchful eye of your parent, have you will, right? And you can remember some of the choices that you had in front of you, whether it was taking something that you shouldn't. Maybe, you know, for us, I can remember our brothers, you know, they, they, we used to love watching movies, and we would listen for my parents' footsteps coming downstairs, and we would turn the TV off because we knew that they probably weren't going to like what we were watching, Right? When we're out of the watchful eye, we do things, say things, and watch things that we are not supposed to. And I believe that is the trajectory that we are on as a culture when we lose our God awareness. When we, we are so busy and so distracted from what our culture is pushing at us that we don't even think about God anymore. And that, my friends is a dangerous place. So, what do we do? What do we do? Where do we look for answers? And I, I think that the key is, is we need to find somebody who has solved this for us. Now, let's just leave that right there for a moment. How many of you guys enjoy movies? Movie watchers, Netflix, YouTube, you know, you love watching shows, all right? Most of you know this by now, I'm kind of lame in my movie game, and I don't, I don't really watch a whole lot of movies. But if I was to watch one thing, I would watch, all right, bear with me, please, but I would watch a biography or documentary. Okay, wah, wah, so boring, I know, all right? But here's the deal with biographies. Biographies give us insights into people of influence or people that we look up to and we find some pretty interesting things about the way they live their life. For example, Steve Jobs. You guys all know Steve Jobs. As we mentioned before, he's the one that invented so many incredible things, okay, like the iPhone. Now, did you know this about Steve Jobs? That in order for him in his daily kind of work grind to deal with frustrations and to deal with all the tension uh, of work that he would go through on a daily basis, one interesting fact is they say that he used to soak his feet throughout the day. You might think, well, that's not, you know, that's not too far off. You know, I kind of personally, don't tell Pastor Liz, but I think she probably soaks her feet in her office. You know, throughout the day, she's just kind of 
You know, she's fun like that. So what's so weird about that? He used to not just soak his feet, but he would soak his feet in the toilet, in the washroom, at work. Disgusting, right? It's also noted that Steve Jobs, he was the, one of the least paid CEOs coming in at a whopping one American dollar annual salary. But before you feel too bad for Steve Jobs, know that he had $2 billion worth of stock in Apple. One other fun fact about Steve Jobs is he used to, he used to, his employees used to complain that he didn't like to take showers. And he would often work with no shoes or no socks on. Kind of interesting, right? But biographies give us an illustration. They give us insight into people's lives. Where are we going with this? I want us to think about that same illustration. And I want us to think about the Bible. And more in particular, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If we look at the Gospels as a biography into Jesus' life and how he lived out his daily routine, how he treated people, how he interacted with his inner circle, how he handled himself in front of the crowd, we will begin to gain insights and learn the daily rhythms of how Jesus lived his life. And instead of just looking at the Bible as, uh, you know, stories and we make these cute sermons about, I think that there are secrets in how we can slow down our pace and how we can learn from how he removed himself from all of the busyness and the demands that people put on him, and he found a secret to how to live his life. How many of you guys want to look at Jesus, all right, and, and learn from him? I'm telling you, we're going to learn some things over the next few weeks that are going to be key to us being able to learn how to slow down the pace of what popular culture is telling us. I want us to look at Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. This is Jesus talking to us here. And he's, he's talking on this very thing that we're talking about. We're gonna, we're gonna have a look at this. And so in chapter 28, in chapter 11 of verse 28, Jesus says this. I love this. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? I want to ask you this question. Are you tired? Is, is, is your soul just kind of restless? And we're, we're, we're noticing some differences in the way that we treat people. I don't know about you, but when we get tired, sometimes we say things we don't mean, and we're short with people. Have you been noticing some changes going on because we are so tired? Are you feeling worn out? When we're in a worn out position in our life, we don't have passion. We don't have excitement. We're not dreaming. We're worn out. And I don't know about you, but I feel like that is what I see on a lot of faces when I do my daily routines and when I'm at the hockey rinks. It's almost like it's in our bones, this 
busyness, this hurry, and this rush. Are you guys with me? You know what I'm talking about? Jesus is going to show us a key to how we can free ourselves from this. But I want to just hit this one last point that he says here. Those that are burned out on religion. Those of you that, you know, like myself, we've grown up in church for quite some time. You get what it feels like to feel like you are going through the motions where we don't even necessarily feel God anymore, but we're still involved. We're, we're leading a small group. We're helping out in different areas. But on the inside, you just feel burned out on religion. Here's what I've come to know, is when we feel like that, it is because we are now operating and living and functioning more out of our own strength, and we have lost that relationship and that connection with Jesus that used to be the reason that, that, that directed us into this. And so if you are feeling burned out on religion, Jesus has an answer for you too today. Let's look at what he says here in the next part of this verse. He says, come to me. He says, come to me. I don't know about you, but oftentimes our prayers and our conversations about, with Jesus are about God, help me. God, I need you. I need your wisdom. Jesus is calling us to come where? To where he is. Where is he? Where is Jesus? Jesus is in a place of strength, he is in a place of peace. He is in a place of all wisdom. And he is inviting us to not ask him to come here in the chaos and the busyness. Are you guys with me today? He is inviting us and he is saying, come to where I am. And don't worry, we are not going to end this service tonight, today without, it won't be tonight, I trust you, before we're done this service. <laughs> But we are going to look at how we can do this. But he says, come to me. Get away with me. Doesn't that sound good? Get away with me and you will recover your life. Recover your passion. Recover your energy, your excitement. I don't know about you, but I think that Christians, followers of Jesus, need to be the ones that have the most passion in their life and the key to it is we need to just go to Jesus and we're going to figure out how to do that get away with him and you're saying I don't have any time are you kidding me right there's no time for that I get it we're going to get to that and you will recover your life I don't know about you but I want to recover my life I want to recover my passion recover my strength recover that that God-given gift that's on the inside of us I want that to be uncovered and then he says I will show you how to take a real rest come on somebody a real rest that sounds refreshing but this is what Jesus is offering us today and so now you're saying okay that's great now, how do we do this? All right, how do we do this? Well, I gotta take you guys back just a little bit to about uh, nine months ago when I spoke, and I was very honest and upfront and vulnerable to all of you, 
And I shared from my personal life a struggle that I was having dealing with, I don't know if you guys remember, but those five extra pounds that I had put on. All right, and I had told you guys that, that this was real, it was a struggle. And so here's what happened, all right? Back in March, I began to take some real action. All right, so just bear with me. So I began to implement into my daily routine this online seven-minute workout. All right, thank you for, for keeping the laughs to yourself. My kids did not do that. But they began to chirp me about, really, Dad, seven minutes? And so I began a daily rhythm of seven minutes online workout. Okay, they're chirping me. I couldn't even do the seven minutes. It was lousy, all right? It was so intense, seriously. Um, but I continued doing it. Day after day, two weeks in, do you know what I noticed? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm like, this is not working. But I kept doing it. And by about week three, I began to notice a subtle change. Nothing on the outside, okay? But I began to notice that I, used to, I had more energy. And then when it came to eating, I began to think about what I was eating, and maybe I wasn't going to eat so much. And so this, this change started to happen on the inside, all right? And I continued doing it day after day, six days a week, seven minutes, all right? A lot of us are in the washroom more than seven minutes a day. Come on. We can find seven minutes from somewhere, but that's what I did. And then I added another one, and I noticed that there began to be a change just by including seven minutes. So... As we look at this entire month into powerful prayers, I want us to use this same concept. And I want us to be able to schedule and make seven minutes, seven minutes out of our day to spend it with Jesus. And so I began doing this as, as a bit of an experiment as what we're talking about here in Come to Me. And so we are going to challenge each and every one of you here today in this powerful prayers, uh, powerful prayers series, that if you would, we're going to put this up on the screen. We're going to put the phone number. We're going to put the text, the word power. You can do that right now. And what we're going to do is we are going to begin a journey of training together and implementing these spiritual practices that Jesus lived his life life by. And you're thinking, seven minutes? Really? Is that going to make any difference? Here's what I want to show you. I want to show you how uh, we're going to do this. So what you want to do is you want to text the word power. You can do that right now. Those of you that are watching online, maybe you're watching on Monday, Tuesday, it does not matter. Text it whenever you see this. And we're going to begin texting you uh, every morning at 7 a.m., and we're going to direct you to this link that's just going to take a moment, but I want to show you how this is going to work because I believe that it's going to transform our relationship and how we live our daily routine. So we're going to put this up right now, this website, all right, which, again, you will get it in the, in the text message, odbourdailybread.org. 
you type that into your web browser, here's what's important. The screen's going to come up just like it is right here, and you're going to click Read Now. Read now. You're going to click that, and what's going to happen is there's going to be a short devotional that's going to come up. I want you guys to take that devotional as part of your seven minutes with God. Read that short devotional, which is found right here, all right? But here's where the power is. Here's where the transformation is going to happen. Right up here in the top, you are going to see a New Testament chapter. We're in Ephesians this month. I want you to click on that chapter for the day and do this each and every day. And here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. You are going to begin reading Scripture. And it's not going to be the first day, second day, third day. It might even be two weeks. And you are not going to feel anything. You're going to miss two days in between there somewhere. And you're going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm done. And then you're going to get a text message from me saying, you can do it. Stay in it. All right? And you're going to pick it back up. It's going to be great. But here's what's going to happen. God is going to start speaking to you. He's going to start showing you areas in your life that you need to make changes. Here, you're going to go about your daily rhythms and routines, and he's going to start being involved in what you do in your thoughts. There is going to be a greater God awareness in your life as we take this journey of seven minutes together. You may not think that that sounds like a lot, but I believe that in those seven minutes, God is going to begin something change, and that may increase, and you're going to notice a difference as you read scriptures from Jesus, how he lived his life. How many of you guys are going to begin this journey with us? This is what we are calling scripture-fed, spirit-led, and each and every week this month, Pastor Joel is going to jump in next week, and he's going to talk to us on the same line of scriptures and how we can read it and hear from God. The next week, Jeremy McDonald's going to talk on prayer. The last week is just going to be incredible. You're not going to want to miss it, but we are going to be on this journey of being able to push out all the busyness and the hurry and making time for Jesus. Now, I got to give you this one last little tip that I've learned. Before you do this, before you take, you can even use this as your seven minutes because it, it's so good. I want you to take two minutes and just silence yourself. I want you to put your phone away. I want you to put away any distractions. And I want you to literally take two minutes and just pause. And you're going to find in those two minutes, there's going to be things come to mind that you have to do going to be thoughts that you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I forgot about this. And you're going to want to write it down. I want you to take two minutes and just, you can put a song on, but just clear and just center yourself of everything that's going on. And then I want you to go on Our Daily Bread, read that devotion, read some of that chapter. Even if you don't get through it all, read something. And I believe that in those seven minutes, God is going to start speaking to you in a, in a way that maybe you haven't had in quite some time. So I want us to go with the next part of this verse, and we're, gonna, we're landing right here, but I just want to show you this. Here's what's going to happen as we begin to take these seven minutes with Jesus. 
Here's the last part of Mark 11, which I love so much. Jesus says, and I see these three words all start with W. He says, walk with me. Remember the first part was how do we recover our life, right? He says, walk with me. I don't know about you, but I tend to want to run and want Jesus to keep up with me. But he's inviting us to walk with him. What does walking mean? That's a relationship where we just, we encounter him. We take time for him. That's what we are doing when we stop in our day. And he says, work with me. A lot of times we want him to work with us. He's calling us to work with him. Work with him on this. And then he says, you know what? I'm going to show you how to do it. He says, watch me. He doesn't expect us to do it on our own, but as we read scripture, we are going to see how Jesus lived his life. He says, watch. Why don't we say this all together? Why don't we say walk? That was a little weak. All right, we're going to try this again. Say walk. Walk. Say work. Work. Say watch. watch. This is going to begin the journey that we are going to be on, how I do it, and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Listen, this is different than popular culture. Popular culture wants us to try harder. Popular culture wants us to do more. Jesus is calling us to train with him, not try harder. We're not going to try hard to spend all this time with God. We're going to begin this regular training with him. And I believe that we will be on a journey where we will see significant transformation in our lives. Do you guys believe that today? Let's bow our heads and let's just seal this moment and allow God to speak to us. God, we just allow our soul right now just to rest. God, I know that we tend to make it look like we have everything all together. But if there's anybody that's in this room like me that is feeling tired, feeling worn out, burned out on religion, God, I pray that we would see today that we can come to you. God, it's not impossible. God, you're not too far away. But God, I think that maybe we have just become too distracted to even know that you're there. And so I pray that as a a people, as a church, God, that we would get back to that purpose and that power that you have designed us to live with. God, and I'm excited about the stories that will be told. God, as as we have made some significant shifts in our life and we began to take back our life the way that you've designed it to be. Thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can I invite you guys to stand with us this morning as we sing this last song together and then we'll have a few closing instructions before we leave.